0: Right, hello everyone and welcome back to the Web3 native podcast by Longhash Ventures. Today, we're so excited to be welcoming a guest who is a pioneer from the Polkadot ecosystem, Rei from Akala and Karura.
1: Hi, oh, Ray. Right. Thank- hi, hi, Shikai. Thanks. Thanks for, for having me. Super excited to be here today. Actually, this is the day that we launched the crowd on. It's a coincidence that we just um, started this podcast as well, but a lot of stuff to share um, for the Longhash community.
0: Yeah, awesome. The timing could not be better. We just, at the time of recording, we just had the announcement of the crowd loans yesterday. And then just within 24 hours, I think we've seen crazy amounts, like tens of millions of uh, worth of Kusama already locked in to the various crowd loan campaigns. Uh, but we'll we'll get a bit into that. But I think just for, for everyone to get a little bit of a glimpse, right? How much is, you know, currently locked in dollar value or Kusama terms?
1: Um, I think we started the about about um, eight hours ago. Currently, has over $15 million locked in our crowd um, The crowd is go- actually going to run for seven days and the auction going to run for seven days. We do not know uh, what the number going to look up uh, look like uh, once we're close to the auction. Um, but still, um, we can see contribution coming up every minute. Very excited. Uh, a new way to push a Network.
0: All right. Exactly. So with that sneak peek to excite everyone, I think for the benefit of the audience, many of whom may be new to Polkadot, let's let's take a, take a step back, right? I don't know, what's this crowd loan? What's this like tens of millions going in? What is, like, what are they doing? And some of you may be even wondering, you know, what is Polkadot? So let's go all the way to the beginning to talk about Polkadot itself as uh, infrastructure and ecosystem. Many people think of it like, oh yeah, sure, there are many different blockchains, you know, Ethereum, Solana, yeah, uh, Polygon even has its own chain, and then there's Polkadot as its own chain. But, uh, actually people in the ecosystem will always call it layer zero and with sa blockchain by itself uh whereas like the, the projects built on the building on are the blockchain so would you like us to just walk through uh what do you how would you explain polkadot in like yeah. a few sentences
1: no problem so um first of all um polka itself is a base layer we call it layer zero because it's like the meta protocol uh for developer like us. Um, to create blockchain on top of it, um, um, in a nutshell, Pro itself is a proof of stake, a proof of stake um, relation they call it, uh, and can provide um, new possibilities uh, for developers like us to create uh, blockchain. Um, it 's very actually quite easy uh, for developers to come up with um, new blockchains. Um, there's um, many, many frameworks and uh, SDK out there it 's actually not that hard. The thing is that once a developer uh, was looking to create its own network, Um, you will run into a number of um, problems. One would be like, how do you ensure um, the network that you're trying to bootstrap is secure, because you either have to have a proof-of-work algorithm and have enough miners, or you have to raise enough capital to do a proof of stake network. That has been a very big hurdle uh, for developers to create a new network. The other problem that you are running to, obviously, is the liquidity silo problem. So you created a new network, now what? It's disconnected from the, the, the wider crypto um, uh, space. You have to either use the centralized exchange to move asset in and out. So in the solved these two problem for developers we can tap into Polkadot as the shared security layer so we can have the flexibility to design our own specialized network while maintaining the security provided by Polkadot and also uh, Polkadot provide interoperability so the network that we created is interconnected and can communicate with the wider crypto space
0: awesome yeah so in that context then uh, the chain itself, as you mentioned, is basically there to provide security and help pass message along between the blockchains. And then the blockchains built on top are then what we call the parachains. And these are like the real stars of, uh, of the blockchains. And I think, you know, people might sometimes still get confused between like, okay, building a parachain versus building like a DApp. Right? What, what is the, the big difference? Maybe you'd like to summarize in a few sentences as well.
1: Yeah, so to put it this way, right, so Ethereum give us inspiration of all, hey, we can actually build unstoppable applications. Um, Ethereum itself is a smart contract platform. Developers have the ability to build um, contract and deploy uh, on Ethereum or on any smart contract platform. But developer does not have any flexibility outside the smart contract sandbox. So for example, if you want to create an application, if you want to create a dev, and you would like to use the allow the end user to pay the gas fee uh, in, in your own token is actually quite hard to do on Ethereum. Um, and in order to achieve that, um, you have to customize, you have to go one level deeper to customize the underlying um, 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 blockchain layer. And that's why we think um, have the ability um, to create and customize blockchain. is like one level deeper of customization that, um, that, that enables um, and Opened for developers to tap into. So the difference between creating a specialized network versus creating an application is that how much customization you need, or how much um, new functionality you want to bring and think outside of the, um, the, the, the smart contract sandbox. Um, and essentially for us, we take this opportunity, we take this um, possibility and we create a finance network that's fully specialized, fully customized for financial transactions.
0: Awesome. Yeah, exactly. There's so much more freedom and flexibility to build the whole network in the way that you want it to do. right? And uh-huh. uh, as, as Gavin said, you know, it's for like the specialized and sometimes the weird projects as well. Yep. So all of that is super cool. Yeah. Now, in order to then use or get become a parachain, Uh, I think compared to the DApp as well, I think there's this idea of like DApps have to pay gas well to deploy the smart contracts and each time you use the smart contracts, uh, interact with it, you have to pay gas as well. In this case, uh, you know, we we can choose however we want to pay for or when we interact with the blockchains, but because we still need to rely on the relay chain for security, there still needs to be some sort of uh, economic interaction. Between the parachains and the underlying relay chain, right? I guess that's why we get to the concept of uh, crowd loans and the scarcity of parachains, and, and mm-hmm. how do we decide who gets to become a parachain?
1: Yeah. So to put it in a nutshell, like right, a parachain is essentially what we call a wholesale security. Um, so for let's say take Ethereum example, right? Every time you interact with the app, you pay gas fee. You pay small fraction of ETH as gas fee. That's essentially the end user paying for the security of network because without the, um, without the gas fee without the incentive to, for miners to maintain the network you would not have this sort of like censorship resistance you would not have this sort of like truly decentralized network uh, same um, logic apply for a project but instead of allowing us uh, the end users to pay per transaction, a projects law is essentially. Like a wholesale security that you can lease um, from the relation in either Kusama or Polkadot, and then how you decide to um, redistribute those um, wholesale securities actually up to the project chain project themselves. So this is like the, the different way of like paying for the security.
0: Yeah, how how I would also explain it to some as well is that uh, think of if if we think of like the whole. A polkadot ecosystem as you know a country, and then you oh. want to parse out pieces of land or different states uh, for people to perform economic activities on. Uh, then, like the piece of land, either you can you know buy it uh, for a fixed period of time, and and therefore for that period you don't need to to pay anything else, uh, and that kind of is a parachain. And then there's a further kind of uh, iteration for the parathreads threads where you pay as you go. So maybe you you can kind of like rent a bit a bit uh, rent a piece of uh, a room or a land and kind of pay like a hotel or hostel, and you just yeah. use pay for whatever you want to use.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah. So then in order to kind of get that whole social security, uh, now we come to the crowd loan mechanism finally, a few steps for everyone, please bear with us. Uh, so would you like to talk us through then, what is the crowd loan and why is it necessary in order to decide on which pair of chains?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I think the background context here is that, um, um, in the original design, Polkadot has limited slots, so it can support a um, hundred chains in this design. Definitely, there's a way to expand as we progress further. But in the initial iteration, is the current Polkadot in- implementation? There's a limited slot of hundred chain slots, and in order to choose like how to distribute those hundred chain slots, um, project need to f- need to bid uh, for slots. So. Um, to put it as simple as that, like if no one bids, um, even one project um, s- uh, supplies tiny amount of bids, um, the project will be able to secure a power chain slot and start to transact uh, on its own. Um, but the thing is that there's the Polkadot um, or the Kusama ecosystem is a thriving ecosystem. There's quite a number of projects that would like to become a power chain and would like to um, to deploy their specialized network. That's where the crowd loan or the, the auction comes in. right? So how do you decide which project is eligible for a project slot. Um, there's actually two ways for a project, a project to participate in the auction. The very first way is very simple. The project itself may be through some, its own finance or through some support, gathering enough Kusama or gathering enough dots and then they bid uh, on, the, on, on the project auction that's um, similar to directly uh, participating in the auction. or um, a project can ask support from the Kusama holders, from the dot holder, to contribute and help the project to secure a power um, slots. slot. And in that way, um, the project might reward something um, for, the, for the contribution, and that's what we call CrowdLong. So loan in a nutshell, is that think it off as like a smart contract. Uh, you're locking the Kusama, you're locking the dots uh, in the contract for a certain period of time, um, and then the project will use the proceed to bid on slot. Uh, if the, the bidding uh, is uh, successful, then um, the project starts to operate, um, uh, Economic is thriving, and then the contributor will get some rewards uh, for helping that. And upon the end of lease periods, um, the Kusama job will be returned to the contributor. And this is very important. Right? This is quite different from ICO. Um, and if the project failed to bid, no big deal. The dot the, um, the of Kusama will be then returned to the contributor as well. So you can think of the crowd long as like a no-loss form of participating in a network bootstrap event.
0: Yeah, no-loss form of participating. That's a great way to think about it. Uh, another way, I guess, is a kind of a, a time-locked voting period yes. where I, I use my Kusama dot to vote for this project to, to win but then yes. I have to lock my vote for the period of time. Well, I guess we also just need to very quickly talk about Kusama uh, as, as the kind of uh, can- canary network or the live testnet or testnet with economic value of Polkadot, and I think, I guess, that, that kind of already covers it. Uh, now, let's get to the actual for for uh, Akala and, and Karura, right? Would you like to give a quick overview of what Akala is building? You briefly mentioned, you know, it's the whole financial ecosystem. So what are the components of Akala and Karura?
1: Yeah, so Akala itself is a specialized network for finance. Um, so Akala itself has some core financial primitive built in on the chain level that users or programmers or anyone else can interact. So in a nutshell, provides three core financial primitives. Um, a stable coin, a decentralized stablecoin, that's essentially currently the de facto standard um, stablecoin within the Polkadot and Kusama ecosystem. Um, there's also a decentralized dex built-in that user can choose to trade, um, for example, DOT to US dollar, in a trustless way, and also there's a staking derivative um, product we call liquid dot, or on the Kusama we call liquid KSM, built-in. Uh, and the reason they will choose to build all these protocol into the chain level, because they work with each other uh, uh, smoothly. So for example, uh, if I have some dots, I can uh, start to mint the liquid dot, so I'm holding my staking rewards, while um, I can use my liquid dot as capital to borrow against uh, my dot position. Um, and ultimately, um, this is what um, Arcala on the chain level offers. Um, and, um, and beyond that, Arcala itself can also provides EVM capability. And in the future, we might provide other smart contract capability so developers can tap into what we built and start to reprogram um, the uh, Lego pieces that we created on the chain level. So those is, this is like uh, Arcala in the nutshell.
0: Awesome. Yeah, certainly, I think the different financial products and how they all come together is really interesting. And of course, to tie it all together, we have the Akala token itself, right? Would you like to talk about how that kind of oils the whole economy of the DeFi network?
1: Yeah, definitely. So Akala token has multiple usage, right? So it's the governance token. So uh, with the holders, um, with the the Akala token holder, the network can choose to decide its core financial primitive parameters such as like interest rate, such as like um, the the tax trading fee or things like that. Um, Akala token can be also used to elect um, council members which essentially solve the problem like the low... Um, turn, voting turnout rates on most other protocols that we see, so you can elect some, someone that you trust and they will be pr- uh, pred- participating in the governance process for you. Um, Akala uh, token itself is also a utility token that can be used as the native gas fee uh, within the Akala network. Um, not that we require that, but it's ultimately the settlement um, um, gas fee within the network. It's, it can also has some of the staking capability. For example, if you want to create a multi wallet, you might have to stake some Akala token. If you want to um, deploy a smart contract, you might have to stake some Akala token. So there's different um, ways of utility to enable access to the network. Um, and yeah, so this is like essentially um, um, the use case for the Akala token. Um, also, we have a very unique design for the Akala token. It has a deflationary model instead of like an inflationary model. And the reason that we're able to achieve that is that because Alkali itself has a treasury built in, and we perceive as the network surplus comes in, and as the network is thriving, as the network starts operating, um, the treasury can start to um, buy for future power chain auction, then not, um, this, the protocol itself no longer need to issue additional um um token so we actually have a, a deflationary design uh with um very limited um circulating supply in the very first year so those are some unique um characteristics of the akala token
0: yeah i can already see the the whole it all coming together in kind of like a super app design right not only is it utility <laughs> uh, but also for governance and for gas so it, it really kind of like all in one and that's something that it's not not the case in ethereum today or, or other kind of like blockchain ecosystems
1: yeah, I think, yeah. think that there's the power of a specialized network, right? So yeah. um, I can recall someone say that, um, I don't know who, someone say that if you are really passionate about software, then you need to create your own hardware. Uh, we are using the same analogy here, like if you are really passionate about protocol, you probably need to create your own blockchain. And this is like essentially what we do, we create our own blockchain, and then we build those protocols into the chain level and we build it really, really well.
0: Mm-hmm. Just curious, a little bit branching off here, because we talk about like using Dots as you know, like the staking, and then you release the liquidity and use that to generate a stable coin, and then using that for other kind of DeFi applications. What about using uh, the Akala token itself uh, to you know stake and unlock the liquidity and use that to generate stable? Coin? Will it also be like a meta <laughs> application in itself?
1: Yeah, those is something that we could def- definitely explore once um, the network is up and running and has some sort of um, stabilization. We can explore a, a lot of um, additional use cases for the token. For example, there could be like, uh, used to elect escalators, um, which is like the validator within the Arcala network. Uh, we might also consider using the native token as crypto as well, um, not only accepting DOT as crypto, the Arcala token might be accepted as crypto as well, because like, we are able to program all these moving parts in a, in a way that's, um, that, that can be coded into the trend level. So I, I'm quite confident that we can have a lot more exploration of how we play with the native token while, without actually um, sacrificing any sort of financial security on the protocol that we are working on. It's
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a great advantage. Yeah. Now, uh, of course, the sister to Akala is now Karura. On kusama yeah. and we know that basically it's, it's a mirror image and you know all the same features all the same token utility is going to be on kusama and karura as well so are there any kind of differences you like to highlight between akala and karura
1: yeah definitely but we can talk about um how Akala uh, and Karura's, um relationship um, by yeah, sure. talking about the polkadot and the kusama's relationship right so um, polkadot is the Um, it's the flagship protocol, right? And it's the bank grid security that um, Sears Trader is looking for. And Kusama is essentially serving as also a mainnet, but a slightly lower value one, where um, like um, upgrades or new functionality maybe roll out on um, Kusama first before they uh, possess and ascend to Polkadot. And this sort of um, setup was, I would say that it's like something rare Within, uh, unique within the crypto space. Um, I wouldn't call, but there's similar analogy we can use. It's not the same, but can call, you can think about Kusama as a staging environment, and then Polkadot as a production environment. Well, by staging environments, it still has value, so it's not 100% the same. But having an Canary network to make sure um, feature is um, tested with real value, uh, is quite important, especially when you are securing financial applications. So we took the same analogy. So Akala is going to be the bank grid security financial application suite deployed on Polkadot. We also have Akura, which is the, um, I would say, the more vibrant, more wild version of um, Akala deployed on Kusama. And for Akala, it's serving the Polkadot community. For Akura, it's serving the Kusama community um, upon Genesis they are going to be the same, but they might take different pathways, right? So uh, let's say some governance um, proposal might not pass uh, on Alcala because it's like maybe too wild. It, the kuru the they will, might a few, a little bit adventurous and might be able to pass that. So for example, adding new characters, adding new characters. Um, so things like that. So I think um, you can think of um, the Kura network as like the lower value, wider, um, vibrant um, sister network of Arcola.
0: Nice. Kind of like the, the wild child of the family. <laughs> yes. 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 Nice. So now then everybody is probably now thinking, right? So every, we've been building all these for quite a number of months or even years, you know, we've launched a test net, you can actually use them. But now we are at the moment uh, where we are just about to be able to use it live on uh, as parachains. And in that process, uh, we, everyone who participates will be able to get some of the Karura tokens and later on for Polkadot, the Akala tokens as well. Sure. So here's where the parachain kind of uh, reward distribution mechanism kicks in. Would you like to share about how Karura plans to distribute?
1: Yeah, so the Kurua token has, a, a, let, let's um, put it simple, the Kuroa token has like a deflationary uh, fixed supply, right? So we actually allocate the majority part of the Kuroa token for the community. So I think over 60% of the total supply is going to Uh, contribute back to the community in some way so one major uh, contribution is definitely going back as the reward is going to uh, reward for the uh, for the power chain auction supporter for the crowd long supporters Um, so in the very first year we plan to distribute at least 10% uh, of the supply um, to, the, um, to the auction supporters and also there's also, uh, once the network is live, there's also liquidity mining events that will be taking place, um, but I think generally over the period of two years, um, the Kura Network is willing to di- di- dispute about 50% of the total supply through all different short-up avenues, liquidity mining, uh, crowd loans, or things like that. So yeah, those is like the, um, the way to get uh, exposure on Karura Network. There's actually a number of ways that you can participate uh, in getting exposure on the Karura Network. Um, participate on Crowdloan is one way. There's also the Build events. It's all up to um, different um, contributors to choose what's the best strategy for them to have some exposure on the Karura Network.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that there are so many different ways that you can earn or like get Karura as long as you're providing value but it'll signalling your commitment, building on top of it, providing liquidity. There are so many different avenues to do so, right? Mm-hmm. I guess for today, our focus is of course going to be on the crop load itself. Yes. Uh, I understand there is a certain kind of guaranteed, uh, guaranteed conversion rate uh, per mm-hmm. Kusama that you put in, right? Mm-hmm. How how do we actually come to this number and how is it actually guaranteed?
1: Okay, so the thing is that we would like to dispute um, Tokens, uh, we like to distribute a significant amount of tokens for the crowd on supporter, but we also need to keep some reserve in the next year's production auction, right? So the, the network needs to keep some reserve because we have a deflationary um, token design. The network mm-hmm. needs to keep some reserve. So in the very first year, uh, we think around 80% of the total supply needs to be distrib- distributed to the community in some way. And when we say the number 18%, it's actually more than 15% of the circulating supply of the very first year. Um, and within those 18%, we decided at least 10% should go um, to the crowd supporter. And that's how we calculate the, um, the amount of token that can be distributed on the very first year. And when we started the crowd loans, um, everyone can get in and we set up an, an, an cap. Uh, this is actually not a target. To hit is just to make sure that we can guarantee everyone getting uh, the loan get the bare minimum amount that we promised. Um, and if we didn't actually hit the cap, um, you might get a, a slightly um, higher distribution of the KR token. That's even better. So those is like we guarantee the minimum amount by by reserve some allocation and also hit setting a cap that's like um, reasonably high that everyone can have chance to participate is actually not a target to hit
0: yeah so uh, exactly actually that that's a little bit um i guess potentially counterintuitive to people right where like you say you're going to get at least uh was it 12 um yeah K- 12 R- K-R. Per yes. ksm mm-hmm. but actually that is assuming that that 12 is assuming that is it assuming the 1.5 million of uh, ksm locked no
1: actually the uh, the 12 is uh, around um 85 85- uh, 850,000, um, so less than a million KSM locked, and, and if we did hit the cap, which is 1.5 million KSM locked, then we will distribute 20%. Um, those is like um, the reserve that we can utilize to, to supply to, to meet the minimum amount. So um, regardless, I think um, if the cap is not a target to hit. <laughs> we want to everyone to be able to contribute we also um the the goal is to allow every kusama holder to contribute some but not all some of their kusama holdings so they can get exposure to one of the solid um project in the ecosystem and create a positive uh, feedback so um think about the Long as something very different uh, from the ico Um, The ISO is that the project will raise the capital um, or raise the token for themselves, and they might liquidate those tokens, actually creating a negative effect on the base layer. But the crowd loan is actually different. It's actually like um, those KSM stake does not belong to the project. It also does not belong to the... um, It's like renewed from circulation, so creating demand for the base layer token and in the same time supporting um the solid project that's building in this ecosystem and creating a, like a, a win-win situation for both the base layer in this case Kusama and the project which in this case Kura.
0: Awesome, awesome. So exactly as you said, right? Uh if basically there is uh, some sort of assumptions from the calculation that we yeah. got to for a 1 to 12 conversion and yeah. if uh, fewer ksm mistakes basically everybody gets more everybody gets more Uh, but if it exceeds the target uh, we will also kind of expand the amount of tokens that will be uh, distributed so that everybody still gets uh, rewarded for their commitments Uh, and uh, to keep in mind as well like to to really nail to home nail home the point, it's not an investment. Nobody is buying uh, Karura, right? Like all you're doing is is you're signaling your commitment by locking or staking your uh, KSM, and yes. in return, uh, you you are rewarded with a, a share of the network. Yes, yeah, awesome. So, uh, th- what what is the kind of um thought process for going through a fix? percentage approach then like because we see a different there, there are different uh, approaches for this either we can fix like a certain number of tokens will be guaranteed or we can uh, guarantee a, a certain percentage of the network i guess both of them the the end result is the same right we allow anyone to participate as much as they like but what are some of the trade-offs that you when you were considering between like fixing percentage fixing the conversion or maybe even like putting down a cap or a no cap
1: well I think have a reasonable uh, fixed percentage um, to allow everyone to get in uh, is a, a it's a working or a good decision for our project because we have a fixed amount of supply um, in our in our total token economic design so we have to reserve a fixed amount of token um, for um, for the crowd on supporters and I think to look back on the on the, on the topic of uh, why did we reach um, the design of like how why do we choose a free supply for our tokens? Um, that's another reason, because like, the Alcala network also has a unique treasury design um, that once functionally uh, should have enough, should we be able to accrue in value and, um, and at some stage able to bound chain uh, on its own. You can think about um, a building and then the Alcala is like the renter of the building but it's, it's operating business and the business is thriving. And at some stage, the business is able to buy the building and doesn't have to pay rent anymore. And because um, that's one source of the inflation um, that we have to dispute um, through um, crowdlone or things like that. And if we do not have to pay uh, for the rent anymore, then we can achieve this deflationary design.
0: Yeah, that is certainly like one consideration that is unique to, well, Kusama and, and Polkadot, right? Whereby you have to think about the rec- Uh, kind of parachain auctions it's not just like one time ICO and we have to think about it so um, what is the the target then for Karura and Akala you know is it after basically you want to do only one time where Uh you have to inflate and basically by the time the next 48 weeks the next uh, parachain slot that you need to bid for comes around you Uh expect that the sovereign wealth fund is sufficient to bid for it yourself and you do not plan to inflate at all or is it too too far ahead to think about it
1: um, we ho- we certainly hope that's the case, right? So the um, there's actually two things. Like um, one point is that if the network is doing well, the network is thriving, then there should be enough operation surplus. The network's value should be confirmed and should actually have an, an increasing valuation. Um, that's the one that goes up. And we also predicted that the production lease, um cost is actually going down because, well, technology gets better, uh, who knows uh, how many new piratrain slots might be released in the next version of Polkadot. So we predicted that if we do well, the network goes up and the project list goes down. And we certainly hope that maybe within one year um, our client kind itself of will reach to some form of like self-sufficient, um, that's what we hope for, but in case if we don't, um, the, the, the treasury or the on-chain treasury still holds enough token to conduct another crowd loan, um, and so there's a like conting- contingency plan for that as well.
0: Nice, yeah, so we have different options, and yes. I think the nice thing about uh, the Kusama Polkadot is that it, because of the upgradable nature, you can mm-hmm. always choose to inflate if you decide to do so, right? There's always yep. an an option, although it is not a desirable one. <laughs>
1: Well, I don't. I don't think we will have to reach to an uh, inflational um, model. Um, as I mentioned, right? If um the 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 project itself does not become self sufficient in one year, um the reserve um slots still have mm-hmm. enough token for the next project auction, and by then, um and if we did reach self sufficient, that's even better, um mm-hmm. because like those reserve slots no longer need to be um offered to um, crowd loan anymore and it can become um, reserved in a charity and collectively whole by the, all the other um, ACA holders. Yeah, awesome.
0: Well, uh, talking about um, well, no inflation and, and fixed supply and so on, um, I'd like to just maybe point out one potential challenge right? That, that I'm personally concerned about. I think we have seen some very overhyped projects, for example, uh, some token launches like Faye Protocol, right? They, it was a Genesis event and technically it was not really a sale, but because there was so much uh, interest, it kind of like pushed up the valuation to some super crazy,
1: all
0: sorts of problems. And to a certain extent, uh, the amount of interest we see on crowd loans could lead to something similar happening in that if there's so much uh, KSM or DOT locked up, that kind of like hyper inflates, you know, the, the token valuation of, the earliest slots or rather and maybe we're overpaying for the first few kind of auction slots right rather than compared to the rest so you know how do you think about this challenge is, is it a kind of a, a trade off that you are willing to make to be the first or like the first five and
1: well, this is actually something very hard to predict by, and we are the very first project and auction. We are on the very first project and auction. So, in the design, um, I mentioned earlier, like um, the design distribution allocation was ten percent through the crowd loan, and if we did exceed that, um, we actually think about that. Hey, um, this is probably a little bit um, too much. So, as I mentioned. If we reach to a certain point, there's actually no more appreciation from the network anymore. We were willing to distribute more token at a promise 12 KAR, and that's the promise. The network will only reach to certain valuation, um, not just like. Limitless um, uh, contribution is actually it will reach to a reasonable um, uh, valuation. We believe. Um, I will also to say that this is like completely driven by the market. No one knows how to value a power chain yet. Uh, if you look at Uniswap, if you look at other protocol that's built on Ethereum, um, they was like eight percent, they was like ten percent of the base layer. But actually, no one knows how to value a power yet because it's like a different paradigm. So yeah, I think it's up to the market to decide, and. We also take a consideration that if it reached to the crazy amounts, we are willing to distribute more to make sure there's like more fair distribution across everyone that's participating.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that, that is quite prudent. So basically, once uh, if there's too much interest, you kind of try to cap the valuation in a way yes. by yes. distributing more tokens so that it doesn't go too crazy. Wow, that's, that's quite wise. And like I said, all this is still quite experimental. Uh, yeah. Although there is one way, I guess, that people can somewhat think about it, is that the opportunity cost of uh, staking, right? Like, basically, if, uh, if I stake the Kusama in the crowd loans, uh, how much opportunity cost of the staking rewards I'm uh, foregoing, and therefore relate that to the valuation. And we don't have to go to the calculations now, but I guess there's some way. But even then, it's just one of the ways to calculate, right? And, and nobody knows what is the right amount that should be <laughs> valued yeah yes great uh, so let's um, talk about other scenarios actually i think so far everybody's really confident that the among the first five i think akala will s- or karura will be one of the winners right but you know wh- what if what if it it doesn't happen Let, let's say some crazy scenario and we mm-hmm. don't get the peregin slot what what happens or what is the backup plan
1: well, there's still a possibility, right? Um, and we are fighting um on the pro we are we're working very hard on the project and on the on the crowd on campaign as if we were losing and I think that's the mindset that we should all um, hold into as a, as a project founders. Um there's still a possibility that some change well they might beat a huge crazy amount for one other slots. No one knows. Um at this stage looking from the numbers, I think we are very confident that we are likely to win. But if we don't, that's all right because um um, the crowd loan was set for to for run run for the auction for like, um, five weeks. So there's like um five times that we can bid for the um for the uh for the slots. Um, it doesn't have to be like if the we, we hope that we can be the very first one. But if it fails, I'm pretty sure that we can be quite confident that we will be very first few one to get online. Um, I don't think that's a there's a I think there's something that we can confidently say that. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, in cases like uh, um, in cases we didn't win the very first one, um, I think there's always, um, uh, uh, for the crowd, they can also pick for additional slots.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And maybe to also open up like the imagination of different approaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, kind of everyone's bidding for the full 48 weeks, right? But actually uh, the peritone slots are kind of divided into different time periods and especially yes. as well. So mm-hmm. you don't actually need to bid for the full year. Uh, have you also kind of like considered, you know, a combination of like different periods, uh, maybe collaborating with different projects so that, you know, you each take up different periods? How would that work? And, yeah.
1: We did. Um, we actually, this is the decision by the community. Uh, we reached out to the community. Um, so um, the Akala or the Krua has a very, um, how uh, would say, uh, a very helpful community. So we reached out to the community, we sent out a survey to ask them, hey, would you like to indicate how long you would you like to support the crowd on for? And one year on Kusama is definitely the, the number we get, uh, the most popular choice um, by the community. So this is essentially already like a governance uh, by the community member to choose, this is one year. Um, in, in in Kusama, the longest period that you can bid for is one year. Obviously you can bid for half a year or even like um, six weeks. The, the minimum slot duration is six weeks. But I think, um, one year is a balance between, um, like, there's some sort of predictability uh, and while still maintain that, hey, it's actually not too long. So I think um, that's why the community choose um, one year is probably the right amount for uh, for Karura.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see. So it's, it was not kind of like our decision, we listened to the community. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I guess similarly for then the next uh, parachain uh, slots, mm-hmm. will we... Do we even kind of like wait until after one year and then we see what happens and then we bid or, you know, is there is there some consideration that maybe after six months, we bid for another slot and then yeah. we go for that or for some reason and then move it over just to like time the market or like when there's lower demand and so on?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, It's not actually not about timing the market. It's actually like before... Um, the lease period ends. A project needs to start to prepare for its next slot lease. Um, so we're definitely running another um, auction on Kurura once it's like uh, getting close to the end of the lease period. Um, but the one good thing about um, Kurura is actually in our product roadmap, we are developing another um, product that we call uh, PKSM or PDOT, which allow you to bid um, bid for slots. Uh, within the Karura Network. So essentially, you can have a staking directive uh, for product and bidding. So I think once we are live, we are able to roll out these products, and once this product is in, in, in place, it actually gives um, the Kusama holder or the dot holder much more incentive to bid for product chain auction, because once they finish the bidding, they actually get a directive that they can use to trade, use to transfer, it's no longer locked for X amount of time.
0: Yeah. Would you like to just talk a bit more about that? How how would that work? And okay, what are the Yeah. Opportunities?
1: It, yeah. yeah. Think about um, the Kurwa network um, rolling out a new protocol, and this protocol um, can trustlessly take your KSM or take your DOTS, lock it in a account, lock it in a smart contract, and then place bid on behalf uh, of your decision. It can be for its own. So, um, you can deposit KSM and bid for Cura, or maybe you can also bid for other power chain. So, and the the directive um, from those log KSM would be what we call the PKSM, would be like a directive for the, um, it's uh, similar to the staking derivative, this would be the power chain bonding derivative. Uh, and once the project is up and running um you can start to trade your directive there's no like free new liquidity of those locked KSM so this is a product that we have in mind about a year ago um we have to be and also this is a chicken and egg problem right so we have to be go live on project first before we can roll out this trustless weight of like um and, uh bonds um directive mm. so basically if uh
0: if enough people support a and a mm. gets the one of the slots then yeah. for future auctions you don't even need to kind of like lock it up you can actually get liquidity on the yes. ksm and dots that you lock in there's one more reason to uh, <laughs> support the crowd loan of,
1: uh, yes Acala. and and the most I think the most important um, point to take is that it's trustless so we are the believer of like a truly trustless um, system or truly decentralized with no single point of control so uh, when we load up dots, or it's just like well, when we load up roll out the uh, liquid dots um, ultimately um, the protocol itself is trustless and mm-hmm. um, the derivative you get is as good as the original one because like they are the rule is being forced governed by the blockchain code itself not a single authority or something like that
0: yeah that that is definitely so much uh the, the values of uh, web3 and DeFi, right mm-hmm. although uh that that's actually something that it's a bit of a debate right, with, with retail users because, for example, with CD5 that the experience is so easy. Uh, they, they have their dots on exchange. They can very easily just participate on a crowd loan there and they get the derivative product as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Or later on with like, Kusama, like, they can do that as well, uh, mm-hmm. and with both dot staking as well as crowd loan. So, how do you think about, I guess, somewhat competing uh, against these like, CD5
1: products? Well, I don't actually see it's going to be like one type of product to fit them all, right? There's, there's so many different people, there's so many different requirements. So um, for C5 products or what I call a crypto service, uh, crypto finance service providers, um, they, they can tap into a decentralized backend and provide a much more user-friendly for those uh, less geeky people. I think that's a great um, push. Um, it's a good idea. Uh, we're definitely into that. Um, and uh, as long as there's an option um, for the participant to also join in a truly trustless way, I think it's not going to be like one product type to feed them all. So um, actually in the crowd loan uh, of the Alcala uh, or the Kura auction, we actually work with a number of reputable exchanges, for example, Kraken, and they are officially supporting our crowling. which think it's even better. Like um, there's so many different ways to participate. Some user they prefer a trusted cust- uh, custodian, for example, Kraken, so um, they don't need to actually take care of their own private key they can just go like the conventional way that's great one way to participate some user they will say that okay i would maybe want to manage my open key i would like to participate in in the fully decentralized way still also um, open so i think as long as there's option um, to choose uh, it is actually uh, both kind of product is actually um, very good to pushing the wider crypto idea to the more populations Mm, mm.
0: it's kind of like Creating more alternatives so that people who can decide whether they want to just do it themselves, go through yes. an intermediary, go through an exchange.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, I see. So, I guess then, for for the then that kind of goes towards what kind of community or users then we want to attract, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because as you can as you say, we are allowing anyone to participate, but there's a certain kind of uh, unspoken or intangible culture. And values that uh, attract people to Akala and Karura depending on you know the product design uh, yourself how you communicate and like how we engage with the community what kind of products we build it like you said in a more trustless way but still allowing for a centralized exchange so how would you describe you know the values uh, of the community that people rally around
1: oh um, I think Um, The value of the project or at least the value that we currently hold with the team members is also shared across the community is that we would like to create a truly decentralized product to offer um, more value um, and more use cases um, for any crypto users or or token holders, or anyone, um, to offer a much better alternative um, to the existing financial infrastructure that we everyone get used to, and by by saying that um, we means um, to bring more values through direct participation. For example, um, you can um, the if you participate in a decentralized money market, you will to get better return than your participants through some sort of intermediary. So I think the value that we hold uh, within the team or within the community is that, um, first, it has to be truly decentralized, and that's the goal we're working towards. Second, it needs to be like community-owned, so every one of us is actually actively building the product uh, uh, together. And finally, it needs to be um, sensitive resistant. So everyone if you treat it should equally. There's no favorable treatment given to, um, to, to different um, participants. So those is the value that we hold. And I think one thing we can share is that how we value, how you value a project if a project is really decentralized. Um, one thing you can use to value that is that if the founding team goes away, um, does the project still function, still bring value? to its token holder, to its user, and if that's the case, um, it's very likely this is a truly decentralized setup, and we are working very hard towards that um, to achieve the goal that um, everyone um, will be better off and that the, the, the project or the program itself become an infinite machine that can run, operate and so on its
0: own. That's great. Yeah, it, it's so it really embodies the values, and like you said, even though we try to decentralization and uh, trustless and immutability Mm -hmm. it's not that we're saying that this is the only way or this is the best way and we're kind of like sure you can there are different stages along that spectrum and you can go through custodian and so on but you pay the price of uh you know maybe more fees less control uh and while promoting like this way if you want to take control right and so it's less of kind of like punishing the behavior that's not aligned but rewarding and attracting people uh, to the archetypes that you want to incentivize with your distribution and user experience. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indeed, I think that's uh, the spirit of web Three that is is really shining through, right? Where like, yesterday we were just recording another podcast and we were talking about how it's not about building moats so that people cannot leave or that once they choose this one, uh, they are locked out of other paths. Uh, it's more like giving them an option that's so attractive, and helping them understand that that value proposition of being in control, being part of the owners of the network, so that uh, when they try it out, they're like, "Wow, I don't want to go back to <laughs> the other way." Right?
1: Yes, yes, definitely. And I think it's it's especially important in crypto that the moats is actually uh, the project, the culture, the community. The, um concerns itself. Um, you can see some projects trying to build up modes. Um, they might some, some projects they might think liquidity is the modes. Well in, in the crypto I don't think that's the case because liquidity move at the speed of light. Capital moves at the speed of light. So um, to build a so-called mode is actually um, do not stop at where you are. Keep rule, keep rolling out new features, keep improving um, what we are building and to bring more value um, to grow the community together and to um, to, to reach to more population uh, in the in the world that's not yet on crypto. Uh, it's actually like in a very early stage, right? So it's a growing pipe. Uh, the mode is to do not stop there, uh, keep rolling out new stuff.
0: Yeah, wow, that is the grand vision. Mm-hmm. And well, I guess on, on that note, would you like to just share a bit more about then the, the longer term grander vision of Akala, right? Because I know while we started off in the Polkadot Kusama, we're known as
1: a Polkadot Kusama kind of project. Actually, mm-hmm.
0: it doesn't have to be limited to
1: this. Yeah, so I mean obviously you can see alkaline itself has those core uh, financial primitive built-in. Obviously, the short-term priority for us is actually to grow those products to make sure they bring value. There's more user, there's more transaction, there's more holder in the in the in the in the production that we are building. The longer-term product is that we shouldn't stop at what we built, right? Uh, Akala itself is a set of financial primitives that we created. There's a lot more exciting product we can start to explore. Um, the, the actually the whole space in the crypto. There's a lot more possibility, once you are given the power to create a specialized network, you can start to explore. For example, um, how can I... For example, I'm staking my dots, can I get my staking reward in other currency? Well, now you can with Arcala You can program something like that, say that, hey, uh, I'm staking X amount of dots, I would like to get X amount of Bitcoin rewards uh, in a trustless way. So those are the new possibility that we can enable on Arcala So um, I think the longer vision is that um, the community or the crypto space is growing. We need to keep the mindset that the team should be also growing, should be keep innovating, and to attract more people uh, into this crypto space. Whether they are experienced crypto user or the first time crypto users, I'll uh, try to bring more people into this space because ultimately, um, I personally believe that the whole financial se- sector, at least on a bare minimum, gonna be rewritten on blockchain. Um, and it 's gonna offer much much better outcome for everyone that 's transacting uh if you think um, blockchain will be the backbone of the the, the financial system Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: I think there's a general social consensus that we are so early still even just compared to the whole banking industry, the entire financial industry and beyond like other things that can be then tokenized and financialized, the intangible value becoming tangible or tokenized on chain. So the the potential is insane in terms of like world changing. Of course, that also means that there's so much uh, as we expand this, the surface area of innovation keeps increasing right yes. and it's already kind of impossible to follow like even on ethereum itself is, is already uh-huh. so much and then on polkadot itself there's so much and the whole of DeFi is so much so how what are you kind of paying attention to or what is the most exciting to you in in like the short term and like the longest term
1: well in the short term definitely we need to as i said we need to focus on what we built right so i've been building the Arcola, um project for over two years slightly over two years and it's finally at a stage that we can make it go live. Um, so the short-term focus for us definitely would be like, um, first, to serve the Polkadot community, uh, to preserve the Kusama community, to offer the Polkadot and the Kusama holder more utility out of their tokens. So once Skurrides launched, the Kusama token that you currently hold can have additional utility. You can use as collector, you can provide liquidity in the DAX, you can create liquid KSM. So those is the short-term goal, to make sure that we have a thriving um, um, we have a thriving community that's actually transacting on the protocol. Uh, uh, definitely, on the long term, um, we need to keep our eye open, right? So we like to make sure that um, Polkadot is not only serving the Polkadot uh, um, community. We are thinking about a multi-chain future, right? So how can we connect it? How can we bring value? to the wider crypto uh, community. Um, We know Polkadot itself, um, or we know the project itself is very capable of delivering um, high-performance and very low-cost transactions. How can we bring those to the wider crypto community? And ultimately, the long-term vision will be, hey, can we bring more non-crypto users um, on the blockchain, on the blockchain, and let them enjoy what we currently in, are enjoying as like the small niche crypto community. I'm pretty sure everyone listening to this program has been enjoying, for example, like uh, very high interest rate saving on 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 Compound on the decentralized lending protocol. And when I talk talk about this idea to like the non crypto. Um, wider population. People that doesn't believe me, they think it's too good to be true. Uh, after I explained the idea of like, hey, you actually, um, it's actually viable, actually more safe, safe to transact this way, um, some people get it and they start to ask me the question that if this is so good, why not everyone is on it? I said, yeah, right, let's make sure everyone get on it. So that yeah. would be the ultimate vision.
0: Yes, yes, definitely, going mainstream. I do see a kind of like two main narratives, like either people say go institutional or go mainstream. And like among the more Crypto Web 3 native crowd, it, the the idea is actually to go more retail focused, right? And yes, definitely. Maybe somehow fully uh, disintermediate uh, many of the intermediaries or most of them. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, uh, we come to the last few minutes. So shall we come back to just the more like very practical steps? Now we we are so excited with all these crowd loans. Uh, where can we go and participate? Uh, where would you like to direct people towards? You know, is it exchanges? Is it uh, you know, the different crowd loan modules? Is it your own native websites? How do you do it?
1: Yeah, actually, um, the way to participate in the crowd loan, there's actually like three ways that you can participate. Uh, one is directly by going to the Arkla website, and we have created a special page for you to contribute in a trustless way by using the Pocket.js extension. So as long as you have um, Kusama, within your Polkadot.js wallet, you can contribute in a trustless way that way. Um, and there's also um, referral code that you can find somewhere that can, can give you more um, rewards um, by contributing that way. Um, if you're a exchange user, uh, we've been working with a number of exchanges, um, so and being one, OKEX Hobby my Raw, their solution at some stage as well. So you can look, um, you can find the official supported exchange in the Arkala website as well and participate through an exchange. And also, also there's another way you can expect, uh, you can contribute to the loan using a mobile wallet. Currently, there's three officially supported mobile wallets: Poker Wallet, Fearless Wallet, and Mass Wallet. Um, Those is like. also a non-custodial solution you will be just contributing through the wallet um, that you hold directly
0: awesome awesome we'll make sure to drop all the links in there uh, okay. and just to repeat again and be very clear uh, this is not a token sale there is no investment all you're doing is signaling your support and commitment it's kind of like a voting uh, yeah. for uh, Karura to, to win a perishing slot
1: yeah, think about this way. This is like a committed way of liquidity mining. So you, at no chance, you will be giving out your token. Um, you are, uh, the, if you participate in a, uh, through Polkadot.js, the token, the Kusama token, actually never leave your custody.
0: Yeah, yep. you, you will definitely get back uh, whatever that you stake by the end of the yes. period. Yeah, that yes. is the guarantee. And maybe even earlier, yeah. if you have a liquidity uh, derivative somehow. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, and very lastly, uh, shall we also just share some of the channels where people can follow either yourself or Karura and Akala?
1: Yeah, definitely. So we are very active on Twitter. So there's the Karura Twitter handle. There's also the Akala Twitter window. Uh, you can also f- uh, follow me on Twitter. I have a Twitter account. Um, there's also a link trick, uh, a link, tree link that we can drop. Uh, in the text that you can click um, there's so many different channels to get in touch with the yakala community um, discord telegram uh, join the mailing list um, and it's a big family uh, we are growing as we speak i think last month we reached quarter of a million community members hopefully um, we'll reach to half a million um and yeah join the community join the movement and build this product together
0: awesome awesome thank you so much ritao it's such a pleasure to speak to you
1: Thank you. Thanks for
0: having me. Yes, indeed. And this has been the Web3 Native podcast by Longish Ventures. And thank you so much. Hope to see you again next time.